Hey, you guys, before we start this episode, I just want to let you know that we did have a little bit of a technical issue, but don't worry. I was able to at least get it to where you didn't want to cut your ears off while you're listening. So we really hope you enjoyed this new episode. And here we go. Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Do not go gentle into that good night. Hello, everyone. What's up, everybody? I'm Kayla. I'm Terrell. And this is Black True Crime. If this is your first time here at the show, welcome and hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And don't get used to my man because I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, don't get used to him. He's not going to be here very often. Kristen is usually with us today. And for all of our regulars, hey, y'all, we've missed you. What it do? Shout out to everybody who's been following the podcast on a consistent basis. All the longtime <laughs> listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh I really appreciate you guys for uh, for supporting. Yeah, definitely. So we're really happy to be back. We've missed you. We weren't here last week because it was a holiday, and you know, we was busy. We was busy, busy. We we were. We had kids in the house. It was just a mess. And Kristen still needed another little break, so she's not here this week. <laughs> but we still are excited about this week's episode because. Me and Kristen had a conversation when she was here for Thanksgiving, and we decided that there are about 20 cases at least that I've covered that Kristen had no parts of. She doesn't know. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know any of the like the tea. She doesn't know names, nothing like that. So I was like, why not give you guys a shot and her a shot to hear what we both think about it? And it'll also give me a chance to kind of like see my growth, you know, see how my research has. Flourished since when I first started. Well, and you today's have to, case is one of those cases. Well, you have to um, do more research, or are you just going to just use what you had originally when you recorded? Great question. I'm using what I've got. Okay. But if there's <laughs> more tea to be spilled, I will be incorporating those as well as we do these um, as the week goes on. And for the people that didn't know that we were going to be taking a week off last week, you got to get on Patreon and you got to get on Instagram because. That's where we let y'all know everything. So follow us at BlackTrueCrime.com. No, at Crime Podcast. If you ain't if you ain't a subscriber on Patreon, my love for you is a little less. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, but don't he sound um, fine, y'all? Here oh my god. <laughs> okay, are you ready to get started, babe? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Between 2004 and 2005, the heinous murder of a beautiful young soon-to-be mom named Lacey Peterson was all the country could talk about. Even the trial of her murderous husband had the media in a frenzy. But around the same time, there was another heartless, evil human being wreaking havoc on the ones he was tasked to love. Join us as we discuss the incestuous, inhumane individual known as Marcus Wesson. What was that word? Incestuous. (laughs) You know what it means. I've never heard that word in my entire life. You are full on lying to yourself. Incestuous? Incestuous. Incestuous. Babe. Okay. It's a form of incest. Oh, I've heard incest before. I was about to say this sounds like incest. Okay. <laughs> Use your context clue. No, I got you. So, Marcus DeLone Wesson was born on August 22nd, 1946. So, he was a Virgo, just like our good sister, Kristen. Shout out, Kristen. Shout out Wish Kristen. you could be here. We love her. He was born in Kansas to Benjamin and Carrie Wesson. His mother, Carrie, was a Seventh-day Adventist, which is a Protestant branch of Christianity that observes Saturday as the Sabbath instead of Sunday. Okay. Saturday. No clubbing? Okay. (laughs) She was said to be an intense Bible thumper and forced daily lessons onto her children. She also chose to discipline them by spanking them with an electric cord. Bay, have you ever been spanked with an electric cord? Um, uh, not an electric cord. Um, belts, switches, mm-hmm. um, maybe a cord of some sort, mm-hmm. but I, a cord kind of misses me. But definitely a belt. Scares me. Belt was always the thing. Yeah, same. 
His father, Benjamin, was almost her exact opposite in the sense that he was a heavy alcoholic. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He could never hold a job, so he mostly stayed home, drank, and chose to molest his children. Why would you say it like that? Well, I'm just saying, like, he was doing mundane, terrible no, things, I and then bam. I get it, but you... It the worst like, of the worst. Yeah, I was like... And he does this, too. Yeah, yeah, he's a piece of shit. No, yeah, of course. So, Marcus didn't come from any... <laughs> not too much good. There was also evidence that Benjamin was, a, Benjamin was attracted to men as well. In fact, it would come out in court later that his father once paid a young man $50 for all sex. Go ahead, keep going. <laughs> I don't kind of... He has very uh, little to say. I don't have nothing to say about that. Oh, and listen to this part. The dad ran away with a young male relative. What? Yeah. Ran away. <laughs> like they fell in love and <laughs> they ran away. A to young be male relative. Yeah. Probably like some fourteen year old too. Oh my god! Don't make me. That's barf. ridiculous. That's disgusting. By the way, everybody. It really is. And then he returned to his family ten years later, after his little shank did ink with his lover. His male relative lover. Lord, we're off to a start. And by the way, guys, I don't remember this case at all. I can't even lie to you. This was episode 10 that I did in like what? Early 2020. So yeah, don't remember. <laughs> so this is fun. Marcus loved to play preacher as a boy because it was basically all he knew. And soon he learned to add his own little edits to the traditional lessons he was taught. Okay. Because he was a pervert at this time. A pervy. Look <laughs> look at what he's seeing his dad do. You know, he's not developing healthy sexual desires, I would say. Right. And that's not to say because his dad's attracted to men. It's because he's <laughs> been doing fucked up stuff to his to children. Look, yeah, right. I'm, I'm glad we made that distinction. Very important distinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Wesson was honorably discharged from the Army in 1968. After serving as a medic in the Vietnam War. Oh, dope. Mm -hmm. Vietnam, Vietnam. Anybody who was in the Vietnam War and, and, and I won't even say who and saw a comment, but anybody who supported Vietnam War um, at that time and served are some hard asses for sure. So, yeah. Wasn't Big like Agent him. Orange going stupid and dumb out there? You at shouldn't that be time? saying things like that on podcasts. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. I, I mean, if anybody knows me, you guys don't, but. Mm -hmm. I've never been a huge fan of the army because of my branch of choice, but raw, uh, raw. There you go. Okay, <laughs> um, but but big ups to anybody. Like I said, any, any branch who served in the Vietnam War. That was that was a slugfest. So fucking period. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Raw. So uh, I lost my place. Now I'm taking up space. Okay. He decided to settle down in San Jose, California, after he left, and that's where he met a woman named Rose Solario. She was an older woman, and she was about 13 years older than him. Wow. Period. I'm here for it. Who was living her life and already had eight kids of her own. Eight? Yes. This is a grown woman, Chad. Eight kids of her own? Yeah. Some people really desire that. Man. No, I get it. I get it. I wouldn't, lunatics. I wouldn't. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, I wouldn't want eight kids. If I end up with eight kids, even in my home, I'm mm -hmm. leaving. I'm gone. Jumping off a bridge. You, that's what you're telling me? No. <laughs> y'all should have seen her face. Should, well, you ain't getting no eight kids. He's trying to get one out of me, y'all, and it's like a struggle. <laughs> it's a struggle until 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 it is what it is, and then she'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> Back to the case. <laughs> See? Everybody I love, y'all, is fucking nuts. Okay. Soon, Wesson, Marcus Wesson, and Rose moved in together and had a son of their own. After basically living as man and wife with Rose for about five years, Marcus impregnated Rose's 14-year-old daughter. They what? just, they just, I, I, and her name was Elizabeth, by the way, but like 14 years old. And what is Rose doing? Sucking her thumb in the bedroom. While this fucked up shit is happening in the room next to her. I digress. In 1974, he decided to marry Elizabeth. What? Uh-huh. And they would go on to have nine children of their own. Wow. Wow. This is fiction. It, so it sounds like it. But I even, I think, 
I don't know the details yet of the full story, mm-hmm. but the mom of Elizabeth mm-hmm. should have killed that man. <laughs> oh, oh, I would have been underneath somebody's jail. Yeah. So they would go on to have nine kids, and it would be five boys and four girls. In 1989, one of Elizabeth's sisters named Rosemary called to say that she basically had no control over her addiction anymore. So I guess she was like dealing with something hard sure. to deal with. I don't know what substance it was, but though. But she needed um, Elizabeth's help, and she sent her seven children to live with Marcus and homegirl seven Lizzie. Kids. That's like like seven kids. When I was a kid, was like me and some cousins, like me, my mm-hmm. brothers, and some cousins. Not like all brothers and sisters. I don't think anybody other than my grandfather, yeah, like was in a litter of more than four or five. That's a perfect word to describe it, litter, because it was so many damn kids. Yeah, that's a lot. That's bouncing a lot. off the walls, and I don't even know how they afforded to feed all these mouths. So they probably, well, I ain't gonna say they didn't, but. Well, we're gonna get to it. So it's actually the next next part I'm gonna say. So the seven children added to the family home. There were 16 children in that house. 16. And how did they pay to support all these children? Well, Marcus never did a damn thing. So Marcus never worked. The one who raping these kids? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Marcus as in the grown-ass man. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. yeah. The one that impregnated the 14-year-old, married her, had multiple yeah. children. And what year? This was 89? 94. 94. No, I'm sorry. 89, 89 is when Elizabeth's sister's kids went to came and lived with them. Right. But in 1974, when she... he married 14-year-old right. Elizabeth. Right, right, right. I want to know how he still ain't in jail yet, but at this point, but somebody has to snitch on him at this point. Yeah, but like my, I guess my question would be like, how how old? I don't know how old she was when she had her first kid by mm-hmm. him, but I mean, I'm assuming super young, extremely young. Like right. as she, soon as she was capable, he was right, 14 years old. So I'm thinking, okay, she has her first kid by him. No one at the hospital was curious if he, especially if he was present. You know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they thought he. He was the dad of her and not the baby that was being born. That's a good question. But it is 1974 and you have to like give a shit in the first place to even ask these questions. Yeah. So it just wasn't a good time. But 16 children nonetheless under one roof. Half of them are parented by Marcus and Elizabeth and the other half are by her sister. And it's just too much. Too many fucking people yeah but they were feeding them somehow even though marcus never worked but according to elizabeth in an interview later she said quote you can't work if you're on welfare so basically i think marcus was getting welfare from the government at that time but even with the money they were getting from the state the children still would have to resort to looking through garbage cans for food that's what i figured 16 kids under one roof just and you got a piece of shit dad yeah. And the mom is like probably just now coming of age to like do anything mm-hmm. um, as a parent, really. Yeah. So, and it's going to get a lot more crazy. So, here we go. At one time, the family lived in a 26 foot boat moored in Santa Cruz Harbor, which got him in trouble because he failed to list it as an asset on his welfare forms. <laughs> <laughs> So that makes it clear. Marcus was the one on welfare. We okay. The women were the ones that were out and working. Right. So because they were not like really good with their money and not making great money with the jobs that the women were working, they had to move around a lot. Right. And because of the lying that he was doing to the welfare like system, aka the government. The man. <laughs> there you go, babe. <laughs> he would end up going to jail in 1990 for a bit. Yeah. Playing. They weren't playing. They weren't going to be giving out free money and not locking up nobody who wasn't meeting the criteria. That's to saying. a black man? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They were going to A black man? <laughs> in the mid and late 1990s, the family lived in a trailer and a large army tent in the Santa Cruz Mountains on land. A with, large army tent? Yeah, with no running water. So it was very animalistic. Animalistic? <laughs> I mean, oh my goodness. It's giving caveman. Let's be fair. I couldn't live like that. Well, no yeah. running water. I don't think I could do it. She's not from the hood, y'all. It's okay. Oh, okay. She don't know what it's like. She don't know what it's like getting water from the neighbors and heating it up. <laughs> she, she, she don't come from that type of lifestyle. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we've come a long way. Sometimes they lived even in a school bus. But by the late 1990s, the children of Marcus and Elizabeth Weston were old enough to work and Weston used their money to buy the converted office building in Fresno, 
where the murders took place. Spoiler alert. Spoiler, spoiler. Can you believe this? No. I can't believe this. Marcus? His name is Marcus. So a lot of details would not come out until after the trial because of how isolated Marcus kept his wife and all the children. But not only was he having children with his wife, he was also having children with his own children and nieces. Oh, my God. This is a dirty mother ever. I don't want to cuss, but that's a dirty dude. <laughs> if I caught him on the street, it would be worth If I caught him on the street, he going to catch an, un- an intentional stray. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's a dirty dude there. That's a dirty fucking dude. I had to cuss y'all. I'm sorry. And he looks like somebody I bought weed from. That's like the thing that bothers me so much. It's just... You never know how sick he's people having are. kids with his kids. Oh, that yeah. is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, Marcus was grooming these young girls to be his adoring geishas, his sex slaves, and his toys. They would wash his dreadlocks, rub his body, and just obey everything he said. So, what what timetable or what year are we in now with, with him now having kids with his kids? Good question. This is mid to late 90s. Okay, so this is, in my opinion, where I think in some form or fashion, uh, we say the man. The man started to give a damn about, you know, a little bit of some stuff. So Mm -hmm. I'm still confused on how this is just going undetected by neighbors and friends and family. Well, to be fair, you don't technically have to have your baby in the hospital. Well, of course not. So I'm not even sure if all of these these children sleep in the house. Or even if all these children had birth certificates. You know what I'm saying? To even watch them this closely. And the next thing I was going to say is talking about how, hello, all these kids were like school age. Well, at least most of them yeah. were yeah. in school. That's so true. Let's talk about I mean, that. My, my thing is, and I know I, I could be going, I don't want to go on a tangent, but my thing is when I think about situations like that, it's about the kid in particular because even though the dad's a piece of shit, not even though, but because the dad's a piece of shit, it, it tells you how big of a piece of shit because he doesn't even think of the type of life that this kid he's trying to father with his own kid is going to have when he's dead and gone, you know? Oh, he, he does not get That's a how selfish, that. you know, that thought process uh, that he has is. It's, it's, I think saying he's selfish is, oh, is light work. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, what it's really robbery. Is. You're robbing your family, your blood of a decent life. Yeah. And it's criminal. I mean, just an abuse less life. Yeah. Because no matter what, he brainwashed them into thinking what he was doing to them is completely sick and wrong, and they didn't deserve it. I want to put my hands on them. Me too. None of the children went to school until around their high school years. Marcus taught them at home using flashcards, school textbooks, and his own weird version of the Bible and Christianity. Oh, wow. Doesn't surprise us. We cover a lot of those people on this show. It fascinates me how you can read something that's supposed to be like straight up good and then interpret it into complete evil and somehow they always find their way to kid. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, Marcus taught them that he was the Messiah and he started writing his own Bible. So forget the original. Right. One. He just. He's doing his own thing. And he stated that Jesus Christ was actually a vampire in this Bible. <laughs> His theory was that because Jesus died on the cross and gave his life, a.k.a. his flesh, his blood, Mm -hmm. for us, hence the importance of communion, these things made Jesus the original vampire. One plus two equals three. It just shows you the type of education he had. (laughs) Or lack of. Right, right. Fucking idiot. Or just like the definition of free will. Because you can dead ass do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. And turn whatever you want into whatever Oh, yeah. I mean, you could, he could have got way more creative than that. I think it's going to make up some shit. I was about to say, I think it's a nice start to something. I'd read a book about it if it was written. Uh, <laughs> I'd be interested in his uh, Well, I guess be, I guess I would say like, um, well, I, I guess I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get the attraction of it. Yeah, the macabreness. And he's evil, too. So, of course, he's going to try to find evil in it. Marcus even gave himself and his daughters and nieces vampire names. So his name was Javon Marcus Spire. So that's a mixture of Jesus, Marcus, and vampire. I'm not even going to try to repeat that. Don't. He added some ideas that were already incorporated in other religious groups, like sexual abuse from children of God and polygamy from fundamentalist Mormons. Yeah. He also believed that the end was near and that the second coming was happening in 2000. 
think a lot of people thought that. Yeah. Or the year was ending, or the war was ending. Or yeah, whatever. apparently a lot of people were like outside or like indoors looking out their window. Yeah. Like, and on nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. I wish I was. I wish I could remember that because we were alive, but we were fucking jits. Yeah, I remember nine eleven. You do? Yeah, I I remember where I was at, what I was doing, how I found out. I was in the cold, so I was probably like doing some crazy shit under the ground. I'm forgetting about that about you, babe. I'm sorry. Y'all, he's rubbing my back as if I'm I'm currently in it. I mean, (laughs) healing never stops, guys. So when the end of the world or the second coming obviously did not happen, all the children just made excuses as to, you know, not question their father. Right. Who they saw as the Messiah, let's be clear. He kept his family completely isolated from the outside world. Neighbors didn't even know how many people were living in the house. Right, that's what I figured. Mm-hmm. Until the day of the murders because people were rarely seen leaving. I'm curious on, and I know we're getting there, how, how many people died. Oh, God, it's sick. That part of this case I do remember, and it really stuck with me. And I'll tell you the part that really, really did it for me. The Maybe? shitty part is, guys, is we know that it wasn't this motherfucker who died. That's what, Ugh, that's what we. That think. is the shitty part. Yeah. Fuck. Thanks for spoiling it for us. Well, I mean, I'm looking at a picture of him sitting in the red orange jumpsuit. <laughs> yes. I'm like, he died. All right. He even isolated his sons from his daughters, stating that sexual attractions would grow between each other. Well, you know, and and the only the thing is, as shitty as it sounds, mm-hmm. considering that they were his offspring, mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, to be fair. <laughs> To be fair, he was attracted to his children. He was attracted to his girls because as young as the age of eight is when he started to molest them and do sexually horrible things to them. Yeah. So it's really just like he wanted the girls to himself and seemed like he didn't really care for the boys other than to like go out and make money for the home. Yeah. He it was disgusting. And all of this just sounds like control and sexual sadism. What do you say all the time? A very small man. Very small man. <laughs> So Marcus would start molesting his daughters and nieces by playing with like their breasts at first. I don't even want to say this sitting next to my man. And he has two daughters, so it just hurts me even more. He starts touching on them and stuff. He teaches them about oral sex. And finally, it's just the full-blown shebang. He told them that this was how a father showed his love and that God wanted man to have more than one wife. And the girls were so brainwashed, they didn't think anything of it. They didn't know no better. And they, they would even get jealous of each other because they were like, oh, like, why do you get to marry him first? Or why do you get to spend so much time with him? Can you imagine? No, I couldn't. But it, I mean, I don't know. I don't and the know. residual effects of that after you leave yeah. that situation. And, and, that's a, and that was what I was saying earlier. Like, you know, after he's dead and gone or caught and put in jail, yeah. they got to live with that. They have to live with what they were had the experience he did not allow any outside communication with the world except for when the waco siege happened in texas so you guys know what happened with that and yeah. if you if you don't i got you waco is a city in texas where a group called the branch davidians led by david koresh lived and in april of 1993 they had a 51 day standoff with the police that led to the death of i think six officers crazy and at least I think it was over 70 ranch members. Yeah, that's crazy. And then there was like 25 kids at least and pregnant women. It was just a mess. Yeah. If you, so, and if you don't know the story, I think there used to be, it could still be on there, uh, a show, a Netflix series on there hmm. on Netflix. So that's, that's why, cool. that's why how I learned about the case oh, okay. uh, itself in oh, the deets. Cool. So according to Marcus's children, he was completely enamored with David Koresh, like obsessed. And he felt like they were very similar. He told the children that David's family was just like their family. This adding to the brainwash is like, look, kids, there's mm-hmm. this isn't wrong because other people are doing it too. And it should have been a really huge red flag when so many people died. Yeah. It's a mass suicide. Either way. Wesson then taught his family to be prepared to die if anyone ever tried to break up the household. Wow. Sorry, if you heard that, that was our dog shaking and gyrating. <laughs> he even told a couple of the women in the house that they were strong soldiers who would hunt down and kill family members who betrayed him and who might have to kill the family and themselves to prevent a, a breakup. So some of the older kids were able to like choose to never come back to the house mm-hmm. and those are the ones that they were like hunt down and kill them because yeah, yeah. they're un- so it's good for them good for who babe the people the ones who were able to get oh, away get out <laughs> what the hell jeez yeah, I was able to get away I gotta ask the questions no I'm with you 
So Wesson told his daughters and nieces that if anyone ever tried to come separate them, that they should kill their children first and then themselves. And that he would stay alive to tell the public why they made the choices they did. Of course he gets to live. Yeah. They. I just. Speak on behalf of men. What is this? Um, <laughs> yes, yes, you put me on the spot. <laughs> yes. So what you're not going to do, first off, Ooh. is is get me in any form or fashion to defend this disgusting piece of shit. You won't, and I know you won't. But what I will say, what I will say, and I think it, uh, it's definitely a huge downfall of most men, is um, power. Yeah. I think once, once a man, I'm speaking for men, men, so I, obviously this probably could describe a lot of women too mm-hmm. but for men i know who get power in any form or fashion they they become more and more selfish with it yeah and um they're willing to risk any and everybody to maintain that yeah and we're i mean we're we're dumb creatures so we we're so simple mm-hmm. that we don't we don't think beyond ourselves a lot of the time so i think a man like that couldn't see past the five minutes he was in so because Weston and his family were living in a commercial building, it was not zoned for residential living. So the city gave them until March 12th to vacate the premises. Okay. So on March 12th, 2004. Okay. Now we're in 2004. This man has lived a very full life of abusing women Disgust. and young girls and children. Terrible. So on March 12th, 2004, Ruby Sanchez and Sofina Solario showed up to the Wesson building looking for their children. Sofina was even able to enter the home and grab her seven-year-old son, Jonathan, but before she was able to make it out, her sister Sabrina ripped him from her arms and proceeded to push Sofina out of the building. Hmm. Tragic. And this is family. Yeah. All the while calling her all types of horrors and bitches. Of course. I figured that, yeah. Sabrina even went as far as to tell Ruby Sanchez to bow down and kiss her master's feet. And she's talking about Marcus. Right, right, right. And he was like standing in the doorway or whatever. I hope she didn't do it. I pray to God she didn't do it. But I can't lie. If it was like that or my child's life, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. definitely going to yeah. choose the yeah, say my child. So the first police car approaches around 2.30 p.m., right? Okay. Weston is being extremely calm and cooperative. According to police, they heard a baby crying inside but had no other reason to enter the home because it's like kids cry. Right. So they didn't enter. And he's, I mean, he's calm and quiet because mm-hmm. he already knows, he already knows what's, what's going, how this is going to end. Absolutely. He already knows. And he's not hurt. Why the fuck should he care? Yeah. Yeah. Marcus turned to go back inside the home and quickly shut the door behind him. Ruby and Sophina started to scream that Weston was going to hurt the children. However, police never attempted to enter the home after that. What state are we in? Great question. California. San Jose. California, Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. Mm -hmm. Within the next 90 minutes, a number of witnesses would claim to have heard multiple gunshots coming from inside the home. Mm -hmm. A statement that police on the scene would deny. So police that were literally present said... We didn't hear any gunshots. Dumb shit. An officer named Eloy Ascareno was the first one to enter the room where he found nine bodies piled on top of each other. They didn't hear Well, I know they did, but they claimed to not hear, let's just say everybody got one shot. They claimed to not hear not a single shot. That's what they claim. That's crazy. So I guess they're trying to say, oh, they were dead before he came outside. Jesus. Each one was shot in the eye. In the eye! These are children and young adults oh god and the bodies were stacked from youngest to oldest with sabrina wesson on top and a pistol tucked in her arm he ran to start checking pulses and realized that every single one of them was already dead and his fellow officers had to literally carry him from the room yeah because he was like so emotionally yeah i bet that would tear anybody apart and we know that some of the relatives were outside at the time. So when they heard the news, some of them like collapsed, screaming. I mean, it was just pandemonium. That's crazy. At least one woman had to be taken away by the ambulance. Who was who was a family member who was outside mm-hmm. distraught? Mm-hmm. Wow. Cause, yeah, probably having like a breakdown. Yep. Four women who were gathered outside of the house were mothers of some of the victims in the house. Because remember, he was... I mean, sticking in every single girl he could that came into that house. 
So was I mean, and you may not have this exactly, but was it only the police who denied hearing gunshots? Did, that, did anybody and everybody else? I think we can come to that later. Like I said earlier, there were some witnesses that claimed that they heard the gunshots, mm-hmm. but when the police were asked about it, they claimed they didn't. Okay, that's crazy. Absolutely nuts. Authorities, relatives, and public records suggest he had fathered up to 18 children with seven women. What? Like, what? Wesson's other children, who were not present inside the house, obviously survived Mm -hmm. the incident. So, thank the Lord. But, unfortunately, the little ones that did die, I'm going to actually name everyone that lost their life. So, Java, who was one years old. Marshy, who was one. Sedona, who was one. Ethan, who was four, Jonathan, who was seven, and I think Jonathan was the one that was pulled back at the mm-hmm. last minute from his mother, which is just I can't imagine her pain. Aviv, who was seven, Illabel, who was eight, Elizabeth, who was seventeen, and Sabrina, who was twenty-five. Elizabeth, who was seventeen, mm-hmm. he had eight or nine kids with her. But I don't think Elizabeth is the same uh, Elizabeth that was an originally. Because okay. if we think about it, he got with Elizabeth in 1974 when she was okay, 14. So there's me. no way. Forgive me, forgive me. And they had and so I just saw the name. Kids. I'm like, what? They had so many kids. It was probably just like, damn. Yeah. You know? yeah. Let's just name them the stuff we can think of. Right. <laughs> in the small world that they had to live in because of him. Just heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace to all of the victims. Absolutely. Absolutely. It feels like we're flying through this case and not really like... It does, but I mean... This is something, like I said, this was the part that stuck with me. It was them being stacked on top of each other. I think for some reason I have a picture of this in my head. I don't know if I had it back when I did the case, but mm-hmm. if I am able to find it, I'll include it on Patreon only. Oh, I can't post this anywhere. Um, That's brutal, man brutal i don't even know how you could do that and 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 be okay with just going to jail i think that i think he thinks he's gonna get away with it okay well we're gonna get to it so when canvassing the neighborhood police were able to start painting a picture of the life of the wessons neighbors said they saw and heard wesson in the bus only after sunset and well past midnight Sometimes children would hold a flashlight so that he could work. One neighbor said he thought there was like a whirlpool spa in the bus. I don't know. This is good neighbors though. Mind your business. Okay? <laughs> Mind your business. However, if it's giving something maybe going on, yeah. something morbid, something dangerous, you know, call the folks. Call them folk. 22-year-old Christina Morales, who was a neighbor, said she saw three adult women who wore black dresses working on the bus with Wesson. And if they walked away, she said he would pull them back by their shoulders or hair. So he was very aggressive. Yeah, aggressive, abusive. Exactly. 35-year-old Kenny Isaac, who was a neighbor for 13 years, described the home's residents, including up to six women, as, quote, weird. They only saw the older women. They would drive by and they would glance down. They did not want to look at you. Yeah. Aversion of eye contact is a sign. Yeah, yeah. Possible trauma. I would have got the hell up out of there. <laughs> I was like, fuck this and all this. As a neighbor? I mean, as a neighbor, like like for me, I believe so a neighbor who or someone who was a neighbor for 13 years. Mm-hmm. Sure you don't know the you don't know the specifics of the situation, but there's no way you're a neighbor for 13 years. Mm-hmm. If you think if, if weird is all you have to say when asked, I believe you have more to say. Mm-hmm. You're just copping out and just saying weird. That's just my opinion. Unless they were being great neighbors and mind their damn business. Well, I mean, know? yeah. But- and, and because, like they said, they barely left the house. They barely saw people leave the house at all or out of the door. It makes sense that people just didn't notice. Because for me right now, we have a bunch of neighbors. I couldn't tell you. If 13 the, years, though? I couldn't tell you if the neighbor next to us had somebody in their in their house or in their basement. How would I know? So. That's why you got to pay attention to the signs. There's, I mean, there there's, there's, signs. there's signs out there, signs out there. And there like, you know, I'm not going to say, and, you know, say what I would have done, mm-hmm. but I like to think if I, if I see signs mm-hmm. and I come home, I'm like, babe, these motherfuckers next door be acting real fucking sketchy. And, you know, you see enough signs to the point after 13 years, I'm like, all right, babe, look, we better go kick this fucking door in and go find out. I'm not on. doing all that. I'll call the folks. Yeah, we'll call the police. I'll call the police. Oh, I got to mind my business. Yeah, you but can your business. This is the thing that makes you feel like, what do I do? That's true. That's true. One neighbor said the women typically wore black skirts, white or gray blouses, and black high-heeled shoes. 
so there was a uniform involved. <laughs> it didn't sound like a very ugly outfit either, to be fair. 61-year-old Barbara Alec, who lives near the house, so lived near the house, says she noticed people arriving for what seemed to be a gathering at the house Friday afternoon. And then she heard a woman yell from the direction of the house, it wasn't supposed to happen this way. That's what someone yelled. I know, I was trying to put that in some type of context. Didn't make much sense to me. Yeah. After 9 p.m., police were beginning a search of the home and also were planning to search the school bus. At 10.30, coroners began to wheel bodies out on gurneys. Man. And it took almost five hours total to remove all of the bodies. Some were so small that... Okay. Some were so small that they were put in little white body bags and carried out in the arms of the investigators. Man. A one-year-old. You shoot a one-year-old in the eye? It was a couple of them, wasn't it? It was like two or three one-year-olds. Yeah, there was like at least two. I hope he's rotting right now. So the reason why it took them so long to finally search the bus and everything is because they still needed a warrant. So in my mind. What? Thank you. In my mind, and being on this show, why the do you need a warrant to search a crime scene? It's a crime scene at this point. Oh, that confuses me. But like, to be fair, the Midwest is no place you should ever do anything in regards to dealing with the law. It's just the fucking... 1860s out there, it feels. <laughs> yeah, they make it seem like you can have a body hanging out your window, and it's like, hey, bitch, if you don't got a warrant, you can't come get this fucking body and find out how I did it. You know, I could drive a corpse, I could tie a corpse to the top of my car and transport it to the place <laughs> I want to bury, and they'll be like, man. But I thought this was this was California. California, Texas, it's America. Oh, it's, it's, it's just you sound like uh, Childish Gambino. It's America. Like that, that song he made? I never listened to it. I, I've only seen her snippets of it. His stomach and his chest. In the see, yeah, you've seen the snippets. I, saw, I you just seen didn't do it. Hey, just so y'all know, he's from Zone 67 too, by the way. Period. All right. So Marcus was held at the Fresno County Jail in lieu of $9 million bail and charged with nine counts of murder. Yeah, good. DNA testing gave investigators foolproof evidence that Wesson had sired all the victims with his own daughters and nieces, and he was charged with an additional 14 counts of sexual abuse. Yeah. He pleaded not guilty to all oh charges. Oh, my God. He's, he's that arrogant, too. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, my God. In his head, I feel like he's like, well, they deserved it. If I was a judge, I'm throwing the gavel across the courtroom. And you haven't even heard his excuse for what happened and how he wasn't really responsible yeah we're gonna get to it okay his wife elizabeth daughter kiani and niece rosa solario stood by him and claimed that he did absolutely nothing wrong what's the horse he offered as his defense that his 25 year old daughter sabrina so that's the one that was died as well and she Mm -hmm. had the gun in her hand so sabrina whose child was marshy and marshy was also killed Mm -hmm. in the attack was the one that committed all of the murders and then she killed herself right i mean i figured that was gonna be a story when you said the police come in they see the gun you know Mm -hmm. in her hand or whatever like you piece of shit you just stood there and watched her do it too exactly didn't even try to save all because all of these people are his children i mean in some way either his children or his did she kick your ass and kill everybody exactly were you just standing there, or did you do it, piece of shit? The murder weapon, a twenty-two caliber handgun, was found with her body, and Sabrina's DNA was found on the gun. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she had it in her hand, which lent credence to, credence, sorry, to Marcus's claim. They even went so far as to say that Sabrina was obsessed with guns and even wore army camo paint on her face and carried cartridges around in her purse. He I was. Know. I think he was like writing. I think he yeah. he had way too much fucking time on his hands. He was trying to write his own like fan fiction, yeah. but make it real. Yeah, yeah. Type of. Vibe. I, I bet. Like I bet he had a fucking. I don't know. I bet he was excited all the way through this. He was because it was because it was ultimately going to be a part of his story. Oh yeah, and I don't know if he even believed this because obviously he knows it's a lie. But what does he get from this? What does he get from killing his children? And then pretending one of his other children did it. I just don't understand. Did he think that he was going to be able to continue to go on and do this again? I mean, I mean if, you know, if he blamed it on Sabrina? Yeah. I mean, because they got you for all the sexual assault. Okay, so you go into jail. You run to jail. For the rest of your life anyway. Mm-hmm. You might as well blame. You father children with your children. You're going to jail. Children and nieces. You foul slut. 
Slut is too much of a nice word for him. No, yeah, he need he yeah yeah he needs some some words mm-hmm. that only Jesus can say. Mm-hmm. So Rosa Solario, who had two children among the nine that were killed by Mark, her son was Ethan. Mm-hmm. He was four, and Sedona was her daughter, who was one. She testified on his behalf, not against him. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. Like you think. Being a mother, like, that is something that is natural, right? Like, that's innate in you when you have a kid. It's yeah. not something you can necessarily just learn. It it happens, yeah. you know? And so for that to be her reaction to protect the man that took the lives of both of her children is bonkers. Yeah, but, but like, you know, it goes back to his teachings to them. It was like, you know. Be prepared. Be prepared. This is going to happen. And if it does, this is how it's going to play out. Yeah. And to her, he probably sounds like a genius. Yeah. I mean, Stockholm Syndrome to the max. Yeah, that's just, that's just, that's just real. Mm-hmm. She said that she still loved him and even still wore the wedding band he gave her when she married him as a teenager. So I guess he married multiple women. Oh, yeah. Because he said he wanted Legally, multiple Legally, obviously. Yeah, clearly not, but. Jeez. Like, oh, he's like holding weddings in his living room. And think about it. They've never been loved by another man. The only male gaze male attention they've ever received is from their father marcus yeah. slash husband and their children and bro- well, slash brothers, brothers. slash yeah. nephews <laughs> yeah. it's just a shit show yeah. several witnesses had testified that wesson had repeatedly coached the children to be ready to kill each other and themselves if authorities ever threatened to break up the plan and this is what led prosecutors to believe that either way, Marcus was responsible for a murder. 100%. 100%. It doesn't matter if Sabrina killed Pulled all of the them. Trigger or not. Because he told her to. It doesn't, you know, he is responsible. Yeah. Many potential jurors were excused from the trial after claiming to be terrified to be in the same room with him. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's, that's crazy there. And he must have radiated pure evil like you have to be in the room with him first to decide that you don't want to be in the room with yeah. him, and that's what happened yeah. and i think that's wild the jury took more than two weeks to deliberate which i don't fucking what know what they were deliberating on yeah they declined to find that wesson fired the fatal shots because remember no sign of his actual dna on there just sabrina's mm-hmm. on the gun which i mean and actually i say this kind of in hindsight but considering what you told me that he taught them mm-hmm. I guess it's not out of it's. How does how do they say it in court? Oh, shadow, not shadow. Reasonable, reasonable doubt. doubt. You can't say without a reasonable doubt. You know that he. Yeah, that's fair. You know, so I, I guess I'm not gonna say I give him that, but. Yeah. I mean that's fair. Him. That's fair for them to come to that conclusion mm-hmm. based on the evidence that was given to them. Right. The right. Fuck that piece of shit. Yeah, we hate him. So they didn't want to like find him guilty of firing the shots, but they did see that he was responsible for their murders. Yeah. He said they thought that was more like a suicide pact. So that's what it was giving. Yeah. Many of Marcus's surviving family members still support him and a clerk read the verdicts. Obviously he's guilty and mm-hmm. Wesson didn't have any type of reaction. He was quiet mm-hmm. and that was it. And for me, I'm like, what reaction do I expect? I don't know because he didn't regret anything that no, he did. No, right, right. I think this was the most appropriate reaction he could have had being that he was evil through and through. Yeah. And meant everything that he did. I mean, he just—I don't know. I yeah. I think if you would have had me guess his reaction, I probably would have said nothing mm-hmm. because you know that's just the type of personality he mm-hmm. seemed to have. You know, mm-hmm. all the way through this entire case, just not giving a fuck about nobody but himself. And yeah. I think he probably figured that regardless of what they charged him with, what he was convicted of, mm-hmm. didn't mean anything to him anyway. At all. And he's one of the few criminals that we've covered or murderers that we covered that made me think like i wonder what he looks like when he smiles because he doesn't give me the vibe that he smiles, that he ever smiles. I, i'll give you that i'll give you that 100 percent. very strange all right so weston was convicted of nine counts of first degree murder on june 17 2005 and also found guilty on 14 counts of forcible sexual assault mm. and the sexual molestation of seven of his own underage daughters and nieces aka he is Creme de la creme of the... Foul of all fouls. Yes. Yeah. The worst of the worst. Marcus was sentenced to death on June 27, nice. 2005. You, I say nice, and you know, like... I love even, that song. When we talk about... When we watch our... She got me watching all types of stuff, <laughs> y'all. But when we watch our stuff, I'm not going to say I'm not a fan of the death penalty, but, you know, I, I believe if I say, you know, if I'm saying yes because someone got a death penalty, 
then that motherfucker needs to be dead. That person deserves the death yeah. penalty. And shout out to the people that aren't even fans of the death penalty that are stark, hardcore against it. You no, know? I get I it. Get and it. I get it and respect everybody's opinion. I, totally. I, but because this man is so guilty and we know it and he would have continued to do what he did if he wasn't caught, uh, you know, sayonara to this man. Yeah, I just, I, I think, I think what he did on this earth deserved that yeah. as an outcome. Oh yeah, me too. Kiani Wesson still stands by her dad and how they were raised and even blames the deaths on her cousins coming to take their children away wow, from Marcus. So wow. she's like, if y'all left them where they were supposed to be at, yeah, this would have never happened. Right, right. Which is sick as fuck. And I pray for her soul and her mental health. And for all of the officers, March 12, 2004 would become the single most traumatic day of their professional oh, yeah, careers. Many would seek counseling in an attempt to erase the horrific image of the stacked dead children in their minds. Yeah. Oh, I'll never forget it. This is probably the, um, probably my, my I don't want to say my favorite case, but. You never, you never listen to the show, man. No, I was about to say my, if you let me finish, the one that we, that I've done with you, this is my third one. <laughs> I was about to say this is probably my favorite that we've covered as far as the details of the case. Mm-hmm. Um, that's horrific. Yeah. And I know everybody you cover are are pretty evil people, Terrible, but yeah. this guy here is. I think what shocked me the most is his background and like how he was raised. Because when you look at that stuff, you can kind of see, okay, this person's not going to turn out very yeah. well. And that yeah. they do, it's by the grace of God, yeah. you know? And in this situation with his dad, molesting the children you know being a drunk and then leaving the family for a gay familial lover (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's like damn he was really introduced to a lot of fucked up stuff and who knows if he was even molesting his his boy children as well you know it's just so much trauma and so much uh evilness that these children have to get over and i just feel terrible and this is unreal i bet even before he was executed because you didn't give if he was actually executed or not I bet you he was probably still living good because in jail, off the strength of the surviving family that he did have who were supporting him, probably made sure that he had every single thing he needed while he was in jail. Yeah. And he's still alive and kicking, and he looks like shit in a handbasket. Yo, this is fucking crazy. I'm about to show Terrell all the pictures I didn't show him throughout this. So, mind you, also a detail I didn't tell you is they used to have caskets. So, the house was full of caskets as well. Probably yes. probably the same amount of people that was in the house. That's fucking crazy. And, like, looking at him, it's like they were fighting over him. Like, they were so brainwashed and so sheltered that they didn't know any better. Look I mean, and, and that's man. and you that's, can pay me ten foot pole. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you gonna put these on Patreon? Yeah, I'm yeah. All if you on. if you got Patreon, you probably you sit in the front seat with us because this <laughs> motherfucker here. Yeah, Everything. I mean, but that shows you the power of of influence when you close someone off to the entire world, and you are the sole reason someone is able to think. Yeah, and what they think and how they think, it shows you how like the type of damage that it does. He had a daughter at 25 who was defending his actions in court. Sick. Unreal. If I was a police officer on that day, I would have had to hand in my badge and gun. And he hasn't been executed yet. No, he's still, he's in San Quentin right now. Hopefully living a terrible life. San Quentin. Actually fucking horrifying to look at. Yeah. The Vampire King. That's what the news was calling him. Please. Well, that's our case for this week, you guys. fucking crazy, man. Holy moly. The Vampire King. I love that we did this again because I totally fucking forgot about this yeah, case I mean, in the sense of like the details and the details are so shocking. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, seeing the pictures really gives it, not only like context, but it gives, you know, An extra judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, absolutely. Yo, this motherfucker was ugly. Well, not that it matters, but he right. was ugly as hell, y'all. It's just, I think it just highlights the importance of child rearing. Like from the moment they pop out, they're only going to be exposed to what you allow them yeah, to be exposed yeah, to. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened here. And shout out to the ones that survived and Absolutely. are still suffering through God bless. the trauma and trying to heal. And rest in peace to the victims. Nine fucking people. Yeah. That's sad. And he had caskets just sitting around in the house. Yeah, a room full of caskets. Like, hey, go give me that remote on that second casket to the left of the bathroom. It seemed like he was David crushing, literally getting prepared to take them all out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but and like I said, I'm sure he he, he knew that I, he had to know what he was doing wasn't going to last. He had to. It was lasting for decades. 
Why would he think it wouldn't? Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, Marcus, we're glad you locked yeah, up. <laughs> that was a good case, baby. Thank you. That was good. Man. And I think um, I, I haven't listened to all of your cases None. before. That's not true. <laughs> I haven't listened to all your cases, but but I do know you got some really good gems from the ones that you was recording by yourself before Christy came along. Yeah. So I'm happy that I'm happy that I was able to do the first one. Question mark. The tenth one. No, I'm saying the first one that you oh, decided yeah. to yeah you re-record. Yeah. So yeah, this was this was a really good one. This was a really really good one. Thank you, Hunter. Yeah, of course. And thank you guys so much thank for you listening guys. to this episode. This amazing thank you for audience, your patience, and a reminder: we are still running our Cyber Monday sale. It ends Sheesh. on December fifth, so you guys still have time. It's twenty percent off the whole fucking site. So go to blackcrime.com. You can get your tickets. Your tour tickets for twenty percent off. You can get hella merch twenty percent off. It's it's giving, y'all. So go take advantage of it before it's gone. How much are your tickets again? Oh my god! Oh, the prices went up. Y'all got to get them now because they're not gonna go up again. So don't worry. So yeah, blastyourcrime.com. Get your discount Jeez. before twelve five. And we love you guys. We're really looking forward to the tour. It's gonna be crazy. Venues are gonna be popping. Food is gonna be everything you need it to be. Mm, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> so before we go, be safe, protect your peace, protect your space, protect your space. So we don't. Have so to we ain't gotta go in your case. Period. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can stream all of our episodes on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even Facebook. It's the best way to help the show grow, and it's completely free. For bonus content, you can find us on Patreon. And for more information about the show, you can visit BlackTrueCrime.com. See you next time.